Dash podcast with Pastor Rick Hill, Senior Pastor of Grace Community Church in Rawls, New Mexico. I'm Marie Manning. What an honor it is to have you join us today. Our goal at Living Your Dash is to better help you connect the dots of discipleship so that you can find and fulfill God's purpose for your life. Let's join Rick and Sean with this week's podcast. Well, thank you, Marie, and thank you, everyone, for joining us. Uh, this is a little later than usual because I was... Uh, you were out of town. I was out of town, so couldn't get to it right away. But uh, thank you for, for listening in to the Living Your Dash podcast. The podcast helps you to connect those dots of discipleship. Rick, we're, you're, we're in the second message of your Christmas series, Christmas 2023. You're, you're choosing, uh, I thought this was really interesting, you're choosing to use Latin phrases of the Reformers to frame your preaching series. So... Do you mind uh, taking a step back here? Wh- what is the Reformation? Who were the big names? What were they trying to reform? And, and what does this have to do with Christmas? <laughs> yeah, great, great question. And uh, let me them. see if I can connect the dots. <laughs> the, uh, the, Re- the Reformation was a movement in the 1500s, mid-1500s. And it was, it was really designed more than anything else to get the church back on track to following Scripture. It, it, the train mm. had derailed. Ah. And it was getting off into things that uh, really were not the original design yeah. uh, for Christianity in the church. And so leaders, primarily uh, Martin Luther, John mm. Calvin, uh, another reformer named Zwingli, and mm. there, there were others as well. They, they said, we've got to get back to the Scripture. Let's open the Scripture. Uh, let's uh, peel off all of our man-made traditions and rules and regulations, let's get back to the scripture. And and then what we when we see it in scripture, we're going to go with scripture, not our tradition. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it created uh, quite a conflict, as you can imagine, well, with the church of that time. Yeah. Now, how does it connect with Christmas, you say? Well, one of the major reforms that they brought about was exploring the answer, the biblical answer to the question, how is a person saved? Right. That was huge. Is a person saved by works, by church membership, by certain rules and regulations and rituals by the church, or is a person saved in Christ alone, by grace alone, through faith alone? So I'm assuming that when you say they'd gone off the rails, that they were getting this question wrong, and there were certain people who said, whoa, wait a minute, just because you're in charge doesn't mean that you're right. Yeah, they, they were way off the rails. And yeah. it, it, the bottom line was it had to do with salvation. Yeah. Is, are we saved by our performance? Is it a works-based, performance-based salvation? Or is it a Christ-centered, we could not save ourselves, it has to be Christ, he had to intervene into human history, which is the connection to Christmas. Mm. If you will remember the birth announcement, uh, first given by the angel to the shepherds, he said, a Savior has been born. A Savior is born. And so there's the question. The angel said, a Savior is born. Okay, who is he? What does he do? Mm. And that was the uh, the genesis of this Christmas series this year. Yeah. So because if we're, if we're talking about a Savior, then that begs the question, what do we need to be saved from? Which begs another question, well, how, how did we get to a place where we are in peril? 
which begs another question of how do we get here in this first in the first place? Absolutely, and it so, opens up you know the proverbial can of worms, but yeah. uh, it also opens up the heart of the Christian message. The biblical message is that we could not save ourselves; God had to intervene, and so with a unbelievable, unimaginable act of grace, um, the, the Trinity emptied himself. Yes, yeah. Uh, the Son became a human being uh, to invade enemy territory on a rescue mission. Yeah. That's what Christmas is all about. So what, what is that? That, that kenosis? Is that, that the, the, in Philippians 2? Yeah. Yeah. Philipp, yeah. He emptied himself. Uh, yeah. He didn't empty himself of his divinity. No. He emptied himself of his divine prerogatives. Yes. He was still divine. Yes. He just didn't take advantage of all the prerogatives that he had in heaven. Mm, okay. So let's let's get into some of these these uh, the, there there are five Latin phrases, right? And so uh, I I didn't know that. I thought there were only three. <laughs> but the one that you chose to start off with um, is sola Christus, or through Christ alone. That salvation is through Christ alone. And so this is nestled in in the conflict that that God was bringing more and more Gentiles, as you, as you chose that Acts passage, Acts, right? Acts 15. Acts, Acts 15, that God was starting to bring more and more Gentiles into what is really the Jewish Messiah's kingdom. And so, you know, conflict, I, I suppose, I was thinking about this when I was listening to the message, that sometimes conflict has a wonderful way of focusing clarity. And so um, the conflict actually built a platform for the church to build upon that the church must always accept people accepted by God, and we must accept people changed by God and accept people that are expected by God. So let's talk about that first one. I know know that people think that the church, I think they claim that the church isn't very accepting. And 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 honestly, I can see that. I can see why. But this first example was a doozy. You know, why was this such a big idea? When you study the first century uh, and the birth and the growth of the church, we have to understand, Sean, that really for the first 15 to 20 years after the resurrection of Jesus and the birth of the church, it was primarily a Jewish institution. Yeah. It was seen, even in the Jewish world, as a Jewish sect. Yes. So you had the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Zealots, the Essenes, and the Nazarenes. Mm-hmm. The, the, and that's how the church was seen, as just a another branch, another type of Judaism. Now, sadly, many of the Jewish Christians, uh, they were they were very comfortable with kind of the we for and no more. Mm-hmm. They, they, they saw it as an extension or the fulfillment of Jewish promise, Jewish prophecy. They did not anticipate God having the audacity to open the door to Gentiles. Yeah. And so the idea that What are we going to do? Gentiles are accepting Jesus, and Gentiles are getting baptized, and they're getting saved, but they're still Gentiles. Dirty Gentiles. Yeah. (laughs) So so the big question was, how can we allow Gentiles to join the church unless they first adopt Jewish norms? So it's the idea that many of them said, hey, we will let Gentiles come into the church, as long as they come in through the Jewish door. Right. And the Jewish door, Sean, had two big tenets. 
They had to keep the law of Moses, mm-hmm. which involved all of the ceremony, everything you can imagine. But here's the big one, circumcision. Yeah. They had to keep the law of Moses and circumcision, which frankly with uh, Gentile men did not go over well. <laughs> did not go over well. I cannot imagine why. <laughs> at all. And so what was the big deal? When you get to Acts 15... And there's a big conclave. It's called the Jerusalem Council. Yes. And all the leaders got together and they said, we we got to hash this thing out. How big a deal is it? Sean, had they not solved the problem in Acts 15, we would potentially today have a Jewish Christian church and a Gentile Christian church. That's how big a deal. This could have been the major schism. This could have looked like what happened in the... 16th century with the Reformation where there's a Catholic church and a Protestant church. Yeah. It could have been at least that severe, if not if even not greater. Worse. Wow. So are you saying then, because this is kind of triggering my Baptist uh, part of me, are you saying that the church was saved by a business meeting? <laughs> uh, yes. Oh, <laughs> wow. I didn't know you were going to go there. Yeah. It really was. People... People don't think God can work in meetings. Yeah. Well, uh, you're wrong. Guess what? Uh, Acts 15. Yeah. It is a meeting, and so you've got you've got people like Peter. Yeah. And the other apostles. You have James, the half brother of Jesus, the, who is who has become a believer in his half brother. Yeah. That he once did not believe, and of course, after the resurrection appearance, that changed That's James' right. mind. <laughs> Uh, you've got Paul and Barnabas who are fresh back from missionary journeys yeah. where Gentiles are coming into the church in groves, yeah. especially because Paul and Barnabas say you don't have to be circumcised. And that's really, Sean, what brought it to a head. Yeah. Paul and Barnabas are saying faith in Jesus, faith in Christ alone. Yeah. And the, some of the Jewish leaders are saying, wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. We we got to add a few. It's Jesus plus circumcision equals salvation. That's why they said we've got to solve this before we go any further. We've got to solve this issue. So this this reminds me of a, of a, a message that you once did about the difference between uniformity and unity. And uh, so all the and it would make honestly, if I were Jewish, I would be thinking, well, he's our Messiah. Absolutely. Well, why would you not want to ha- want to have the, all the customs and all? This is what's this is the beauty of our of our religion. And so, why would you not want to do these things? You know, so you know, come on, we've had to do this. You can do it too. Absolutely. And you know, they they skipped over those Old Testament passages <laughs> that talked about. That you are a chosen people, Israel, you're chosen to be missionaries yeah. to the rest of the world so that the Gentiles would come in. And they, they didn't quite understand that. They, and again, many of them, some of them just said, no Gentiles, period. Yeah. But others said, oh no, we need to be open-minded. Let the Gentiles come in as long as they <laughs> come in through the Jewish door. Yeah. There yeah. was the problem. Wow. Okay. Well, all right. We have to move on. So I love... I love John Newton, first of all, but I love your John Newton quote when you said, uh, well, when he said, Mm -hmm. you know, when I get to heaven, I shall see three wonders there. The first wonder will be to see many people whom I did not expect to see. The second wonder will be to miss many people whom I did expect to see. And the third and greatest wonder of all will be to find myself there. Yes, it is truly wonderful, isn't it? 
to think that God would choose us to be his own. I love that. Why is that quote, though, important to you? Because, John, it it is a clear demonstration of the one quality, the one attitude required in the church, humility. Mm. What an act of humility where he's, he said, you know, number one, I don't know who's going to be in heaven, John Newton says. I can't, I can't judge people's hearts. Well, there's the problem, is when we start judging people's hearts and their motives, we do that to exclude people, yeah, not to include people. Ooh, wow. So John Newton demonstrates great humility, and of course, uh, the, his third point, the greatest wonder of all, is I will be there. Yes. True humility, and even today, Sean, uh, if... People in the church, if they don't have an attitude of humility, if they think I'm better than someone else, I'm included because of who I am uh, or what I know or how much better I am than other people, then we'll fall right back into the, well, we'll let people into our church as long as they Mm. measure up to my standard, as long as they do things my way. And Sean, the 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 ripple effect of this gets all the way down to, oh yeah, we'll accept people into our church as long as they like our kind of music, as long as they like our style mm. of ministry, as long as they dress like us. And you, you just keep, you can keep adding, you keep adding, mm. but every time you add, you're just building a bigger case for legalism. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it, I mean, there is that important aspect of saying, when a person decides to follow Jesus, that they are saying, I will submit myself. I will surrender my right to myself because Jesus calls me to a cross. At that point, yes, I am. It, it, is, it, is, it is really a voluntary, a voluntary, a voluntary um, um, surrender, um, even as Jesus voluntarily surrendered his body and himself to be the propitiation for our sins. But, mm-hmm. but that, that's not to say that, that we're, not, we're not saying, though, which is, I think that's your point, right? That we're, we, we do, of course. You know, who, who, who of us can say that, you know, you know, we won't let you in the door unless you meet to our standards? Yeah, Sean, it's not my church. It's not your church. That's right. It is the church of Jesus Christ. So yeah. he gets to decide who gets in and who doesn't get in. Yeah. And I, just, I was thinking even just this week about Paul, in, in Romans 14 and 15, Paul is addressing this very issue of how can Jews and Gentiles come together as one and accept one another in Christ? Yeah. And Paul makes this great argument in Romans 14, but then when he, it bleeds over into chapter 15, and he has this great line. He says, therefore, accept one another as Jesus Christ has accepted you. Wow. Now, see if I apply that. Okay, how did Jesus Christ accept me? Did he accept me before I had my act together? Yes. Did he accept me with my sin and my blunders and my past and my idiosyncrasies? Mm. Yes. Okay, I have to accept you the way Christ accepted me. That is a hard place to get, but... It's an absolutely essential place. And it's what they had to get to in Acts 15. They had to get to a point of saying, if God accepts Gentiles, so do we. Yeah, yeah. Oh, fantastic. Okay, so you you framed your message uh, kind of like a scene from like, like in a courtroom, right? And so you brought in the testimony of three key witnesses, Peter, 
who represents God's insistence that we accept outsiders. You have Barnabas and Paul, who represent God's acceptance of changed people. And, and then James, who reminded us that the church was always God's plan. Do you think that was hard for Jewish believers in Jesus to accept? I mean, how important was it that the greatest defenders of, of Gentile inclusion were actually all Jewish believers? Yeah, see, that was huge. And as I, as I began to study and read through Acts 15, it, to me, even reading it, it sounded like a courtroom. Yeah. Because you did, you had this witness come forward, this witness come forward, this witness come forward. And then they basically uh, arrived at a verdict. Yeah. And they arrived and said, we're going to accept the Gentiles by their faith in Christ, where you're not going to require them to be circumcised and keep the law of Moses. Now, why was it important for those, the, the greatest defenders to be Jewish believers? It, Sean, it proved that change is possible. Yeah. You take Paul. I mean, Paul, Paul hated Christians. That's right. And hated Gentiles because he was a true blue Pharisee Jew yeah. before he got knocked off his high horse, you know, and, and converted. And so for a guy like Paul to set up and stand up and say, listen, I know where you guys are coming from. I used to be there on steroids, right. but God changed me. He, I, I saw something that I had not seen before. And then when you see James, incredible intellect an incredible witness on the stand where James takes the Jewish scriptures and he pulls a passage out of Amos chapter 9 that is a prophecy about God rebuilding the tents of of Israel. And and James says, we can't think of that literal. Jesus is fulfilling that spiritually as he is rebuilding the tents of Israel. of Israel, because later in the passage it talks about so that the Gentiles can come in, mm. and so it's this picture, this picture of a rebuilding that includes not just the Jews, but includes Gentiles coming in as well, and and James says, guys, we should have we should have been expecting this to happen. We should not be surprised. Amos said it was going to happen. That's right. Yeah. And I know it's hard to believe, but it's actually happening right here in history, in our lives. We are a part of the fulfillment of prophecy yeah. when the, as the Gentiles are coming in. That's amazing. You know, something, as you were th- talking, I, I thought of a, another statement a writer once said that if you think about it, you know, not literally, but if you, you, if you kind of think about it, the New Testament is still being written. Not literally. We know the canon is closed. Yeah. But he said that in terms of God is still building his church mm-hmm. today. And, uh, and, and that's what makes um, our position right now uh, really important. I mean, is that, is that true? As the people are listening right now, how crucial is it that those who are listening still be the accepting people of God, the, the, the people that are accepting people into the kingdom because they themselves have been accepted? Yeah. Acts 15 opened the door to the Gentiles. We cannot close the door that God opened. That's right. And it, it doesn't matter what flavor Gentile is out there. <laughs> um, you know, Paul made it very clear in uh, passages in Galatians, other places, that um, there's no uh, male, female, Jew, Gentile, rich, poor, slave, free. No, no. We're all one in Christ. Yeah. So the minute we start closing doors, 
we're violating our mission. Our, our goal is to open every door that God opens. When God opens the door, we don't shut it. Yeah. We just say, okay, man, here's a new opportunity to, to, uh, to, to reach a new, uh, a new people, a yeah. new nation, uh, a new segment of our town. We have to always be thinking, who can I include? Who can I include? Yeah, and you know, you mentioned the the, the sermon I preached some time back about you know, unity versus uniformity uh-huh. and that. And I remember the illustration I used is, you know, you, you can either if you're going to make yourself a salad, you can put all of it your salad <laughs> content in a blender, yeah. and blend it into a green soupy, or yeah, you can put it in a salad bowl and you will enjoy each distinct flavor. The church yeah. is never ever been God did not design it. To be a blended, a blender. We're not a, yeah. we're not a blended. No, we're very different. We're very unique. Yeah. But it's all those different flavors that gives the church a lot of fun. That's right. And sometimes challenge, <laughs> because we 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 have to love tomatoes when we don't care for tomatoes. That's right. Yeah. And some of them are rotten tomatoes. And uh-huh. There's wilty lettuce, and yeah. we just we have to just say okay, we're the salad bowl called the Church of Jesus Christ. And we just have to keep adding. We have to keep adding new new ingredients to the salad bowl. Wow. You know, the metaphor, I want to keep going with that, but we must go on, Rick. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, oh, audience, if only you knew what was in my head. Okay, I, Rick, just to kind of close things out, I mean, what you'd said kind of reminded me of something. I, I read something kind of disturbing. It was a recent poll that found that nearly 70% those identifying as born-again Christians, people who say that they've had a personal experience and a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, they actually disagree with the biblical position that Jesus is the only way to God, which astounded me. You know, I, I didn't... How can you say that? But yet, you know, there it is. So how do the tenets of your message hold up with that startling discovery? Well, it deeply concerns me yeah. Because it is a clear violation of the biblical message yeah. that we have been ordained and chosen and we've been given this message to take to the world. And if we water down the message, if we water down the message of salvation and just say, well, any old way will do, then, then, then people will miss the one true way That's to right. God. I mean, the biblical message is very clear. It stands in opposition. What what you've described is called the plurality philosophy. The, there are many ways to God. It's plurality. Yeah. Whereas you know, we, I, I, at the end of my sermon, I gave several quotes. But Jesus, how about Jesus Himself? No one comes to the Father except through Me. Right. How much clearer? You will not get to the Father through Muhammad, through Buddha, through. Uh, any other method. Yeah. Those are all man-made efforts to reach up to God. Only Christianity is God reaching down to us in in the birth and the in the life and the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So, yeah. Sean, we we can't compromise. We don't, we're not ugly about it. No. Um, we do. This isn't our world. We don't get to make up the rules. <laughs> and there there's a mystery, and I don't understand it all. There's a mystery in this great drama of uh, the battle between good and evil, between God and Satan. And there are some rules that have been established. And 
one of those rules is there is only one way to get rescued, and that is Jesus Christ. And if yeah. Jesus has invaded enemy territory to rescue us, Sean, we, we better be wise enough not to argue with our rescuer yeah. and say, oh, Jesus, I don't want you to rescue me. I want, I want Buddha to rescue me. Yeah. Well, uh, we better not argue when Jesus says, I'm the only one coming. Yeah. Um, nobody else will get you out of this mess into eternal life. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I found it interesting, actually, at the end of your message, you said, hey, guys, I'm... I'm just the messenger, you know. I'm the, the, don't take this. Per- the, yeah, I'm not the decider. Yeah, so yeah, I'm the messenger, not the decider. And I think that, that that that's something that's very important for our listeners to understand. It's, it's that, you know, Rick, you're you're not abiding by a certain uh, book um, set of rules done by some men in a smoky backfilled room. You're just saying I am constrained by the originator of this message, and it's Jesus Himself. I am constrained by the people who actually walked with him and talked with him and touched him and listened to him. And they are saying that this is the way to go. This is the way. And we don't have the right to mess with it. We don't have the right to to make up our own minds, or I should say our own rules about that. Or what he really meant to say was, nope, you don't get that choice. I feel like it's as if, you know, I'm the messenger. It's as if, uh, I know the cure for cancer, and so I tell everybody, "Hey, here's the cure for cancer." But uh, if you want to turn down the treatment, that's your choice. So I can't make you take the treatment to get you cured of cancer, but I can just tell you, "Here's the cure." Yeah, I, I can't, I can't make you accept Jesus so you can have your sins forgiven, guilt removed, the gift of eternal life, a purpose for living, a home in heaven. I can tell you about it, but then uh, I have to walk away and let you make your own choice. Yeah, and that's what this series is all about. It's I'm I'm not trying to twist any arms. Yeah, I'm not trying to beg, coerce people. I never saw Jesus doing that. Um, <laughs> you know, he would yeah, just here's the good news, uh, accept it, reject it. And yeah. Jesus had strong words about uh, don't throw your pearls before swine. Yeah. Um, you you offer here's here's the truth here's the message, uh, you decide. Yeah, you wait. decide. Swine, you calling me fat? What are you saying, Rick? Nothing personal. <laughs> Nothing personal. <laughs> That's fantastic, Rick. Great message. I can't wait. I know you're going to talk about this in a second, but I cannot wait to hear uh, the culmination of these of this series. So, uh, but you, you know, folks, right now we have to pause here for a moment because the music has entered and it's time for Rick's quote of the week. Okay, Rick, what do you got for us today? You know, as I, as I think about what we talked about at the end of, uh, of taking a stand against the plurality attitude yeah. of our culture today, you're going to be criticized and you're going to be called a, you know, a right-wing, narrow-minded, religious bigot because you think Jesus is the only way. Yeah. I found an interesting quote from G.K. Chesterton. Mm-hmm. The world has been moved by men who contradicted it the most. Whoa. The, think about that. The <laughs> world has been moved by men who what? Who contradicted, contradicted it the most. most. Wow. That is a great insight. Well, we were so just... don't be afraid to take a bold stand for Jesus Christ yeah. and contradict the culture. Because my friend, 
you're right. Yeah. You are correct uh -huh. if you are with Jesus. That's right. That's awesome. Okay. Well, Rick, what else is going on here at Grace? Well, uh, several things. This weekend is our Christmas music celebration, and it's, we have a Saturday night service at 6, two Sunday mornings at 9, 1045. Choir singing the great music. Mm -hmm. uh, rumor has it that Sean Lee will actually be on the platform it's singing. True. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm going to continue in this series, The Savior is Born, so we're going to we're going to look at that next phrase. We looked at in Christ alone. This Sunday, we're going to talk about by grace alone. Oh, and what does that mean? And how does that, how does that um, counteract what the culture is saying about salvation? Yeah. So a lot going on here at Grace. And uh, I encourage people to jump in, be a part of the Christmas celebration. That's fabulous. Rick, thanks so much for your time. And audience, thank you so much for joining us here at Living Your Dash. Thanks for spending time with us today. We hope that you've been encouraged and better informed. We love to get feedback, so send us an email with your comments and suggestions to info at roswellgrace.com. If you like what we're doing here at Living Your Dash, please hit the subscribe button, leave us a review on your platform, and share this with your friends. For more information about Grace Community Church, please point your browser to roswellgrace.com. Until next time, I'm Marie, and this is Living Your Dash.